0: And gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutch is sitting across from me. Greg, how you doing tonight,
1: dude? How gorgeous is this weather, man? This is
0: great. We're sitting here. We got the window open, and I
1: mean, this is the we are for anybody that knows. We say it all the time. We're in central Maryland, uh, mid-Atlantic, where the weather often in the winter what's the technical word nathan sucks is that
0: (laughs) i i I think i think that's the word that people typically use. yes
1: i mean spring is virtually some poorly thinly woven (laughs) connection of alternating days between cold and uncomfortably humid and hot and then it's summer uh but this is an unusual week we're having it was about 78 today a perfect night for baseball, but dude, no, no baseball tonight. I know the Orioles aren't playing. They they I know. have a they have a travel day. So doing great, man.
0: Yeah, it's awesome, awesome weather. And uh, you know, I I changed jobs, and I'm out. I was actually outside today, so it was that's right. It was excellent. It was excellent. Awesome, dude. So I didn't have to drive the truck.
1: Yes, that's nice, man. <laughs> I mean, what was it like? Mid seventies most yeah. of the day, and just perfect. Yeah, it was. So nice.
0: Um, Greg, so we're, we have special guests we're going to get to in just a moment, but we do want to um, go ahead and announce our iTunes review winners yes. from uh, last week. <clears throat> um, for those of you who may have forgotten, we had uh, Scott Christensen on, um, the book he wrote, What About Free Will? Um, P&R Publishing, and we had two books that we were going to give out for iTunes listeners. And so, Greg, you have done The Randomizer.
1: Yes, I I don't think – I looked. We had seven reviews, dude, which Mm -hmm. was great. I mean, in a week, I think that might be a record. So thank you to everybody that reviewed. Mm -hmm. I wish we could pick seven, but the publisher won't let us send that many books. Yeah. And Nathan and I are. I think the technical term is poor. So um, I think you can
0: add something in front of (laughs) poor, but we won't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it's something that – yeah, we won't uh, for now. We'll save that for another podcast. But we have um, seven names – I looked ahead of them. None of them are quite as impressive as fun, sexy Bible time, <laughs> um, which I'm going to crack up if I start talking about that again, dude. So, the uh, seven reviewers we had in the week yep. since then. So, thank you, everybody, the reviews. Tell you what's cool about them is it just, again, widens the range a little bit. Mm-hmm. People that search, I don't know, Christianity, pop culture, theology. Um, these kind go to of, 11. <laughs> these go to 11, which everybody's searching for. Yeah. Uh, you know might find us a little more easily so i got a little randomizer here got the numbers one through seven and uh first winner is jacinda jackson oh i know jacinda i don't know her know her jacinda (laughs) jackson uh and let me pull up the uh, review she wrote um jacinda i see her on facebook she weighs in occasionally on um, the Reform Pub, on the Reform Pub, yeah. and a few other connections we might have. Jacinda, so cool! I'm so glad you want it. And uh, her review is nice. Oh boy, her review, dude. Her review is this. The title is Reverend James King, and then she writes, "Is Greg? I called it, <laughs> Jacinda. I can only say I could never fill the shoes." Of the Reverend James King. Um But her review is short and sweet. Says, I love the podcast. You guys are legit, hilarious, graceful, and knowledgeable. She's a good liar. Also, I'd love to win the book. I'm happy to tell you, Jacinda, you did.
0: I hey. know. It. And she sent us that great review before she knew she won.
1: I know. That's awesome. Now she's going to go back and change it. Once, <laughs> once she gets the book, these guys suck eggs and, and are a waste of my time. No, no, Jacinda, thank you so much. Uh, Let me do the randomizer here. Number five, who on my list is Dark Assassin 2. Man, did he knock out Dark Assassin (laughs) 1? I I don't know, man, but Dark Assassin, I'm glad we picked you because if we didn't... uh, That'd be a little scary. It would be frightening. (laughs) He wrote, love these guys. Uh, I've listened to every episode, look forward to new episodes when they pop up. Theologically, very solid, doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, Greg and Nathan do a great job. Keep it up, guys. Man, awesome. Hey, uh, Jacinda and Dark Assassin 2, uh, <laughs> make sure um, we might already have both of your addresses. Some people sent them after they wrote the review. Yep. Just to say, hey, I heard it on the podcast that we won. Uh, make sure we have your address. Mm-hmm. You just email these go to 11. That's all the words, even the word 11. Then the number is one five. Yep. Right, Nathan. Please yep. go to eleven fifteen at yep. gmail dot com. Yep. We'll make sure we get your mailing address, and we'll get those out to you within the week. Yes. And we're going to give away three more books tonight. Nathan. We are, but and we um, we'll stay to tuned later.
0: to the uh, end of the podcast, and we'll give you more details on those. See, we're getting smarter. We're making people listen to the whole podcast yeah. before. Uh Before we give away stuff, it's
1: called the bait and switch. (laughs) I like it, man. I like it.
0: Um, But so excited about the guests that we have on today. Marcy Preheim joining us um, wrote a book, "Grace Is Free: One Woman's Journey from Fundamentalism to to Failure to Faith." Marcy, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, guys. How are you?
0: doing very well thank you so glad that we could have you on Marcy we just uh, want to give you a chance um, you are kind of uh, new into podcasting I was just able to listen to your first podcast that you did um, the other uh, the actually just today before we went on um, listened to the very first one that you did Fundyland um, and Greg you said you listened to the second one correct
1: I've listened to uh, the two that you've and that's that's what you have right now Marcy right those, those first two episodes yep yeah, so far, and-
2: we just have two episodes. It's Fundyland sees red.
1: That's right, Fundyland sees red because you, Marcy, are a redhead, and yes. your co-host, it's Sarah, correct?
2: Yes, my co-host Sarah Terrace, is also a redhead, and she um, she is the author of the idea. She called me up one day, or she actually texted me and said, "Hey, you want to do a podcast with me?" And whatever Sarah wants to do. I want to do. Yeah. It.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> so. awesome. Nice. It's it's so obvious. I mean, I'm going to let Nathan uh, lead you into telling us more about that. But just right out of the gate, Marcy, it's so obvious you two have a friendship, uh, which Nathan and I can testify from personal experience mm-hmm. is a big help. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, in, in a podcast because it's like you're, you're you're sitting down with a buddy. Yeah. And it's just like probably you could have put a microphone to so many of your conversations in the past, and they would have become podcasts um yeah which, i mean our
2: podcasts are basically like hey we should let people listen to our phone
1: conversations yes, yeah right right yeah yeah, yeah.
2: because we, we're so interesting
1: we we would do that too marcy except i would lose my pastoral position but that's a different oh. i'd have
0: to do a whole yeah. lot more editing
1: <laughs> yeah we we would never live podcast one of our conversations Uh, We would definitely (laughs) pre-record it. I'll let you plead the fifth on that, Marcy, of, you know, you you, you don't want to go there. But that's what friendship is, right? Getting real and honest and open. So I love it.
0: Um, So, Marcy, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Friends, family, you are in Nashville, Tennessee, correct?
2: I am. I've been in Nashville, Tennessee for 21 years. Um, I have two children. My son, Brock, is 20. He goes to Vanderbilt. University and my daughter is 17. She's going to be a senior in high school this year. Um, yeah. So, my husband, Arnie, uh, we've been married for 20, 23 years. Almost said 21, then everybody was <laughs> doing <laughs> math. Yeah, but <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yes, no, we've recently, my gospel posse has recently named Arnie, renamed him Arnie. Oh. Because he's <laughs> so cool, like Kanye. Yes, so, Arnie. Oh, Arnie. I love that. Yes, so yeah, he's changed his Twitter handle and everything, so now he's Arnie. <laughs> That's good. So, um, you know those bankers. So, yeah, um, Arnie, uh, actually put me through college when we were first married, um, because I squandered my youth, and we'll get to that uh, later. Yes. Um, but I have a, I have a bachelor's degree in, in fine art, and I minored in art history. Um, but my passion is teaching the Bible and, I, and so I've been doing that for about 15 years at our church. I've been teaching Bible studies and I taught for about 12 years. I did a chapel service, um, once a month down at the uh, rescue mission for drug addicts and codependents and alcoholics. And, um, that was, that has been like such a sweet, sweet ministry for me and actually very, um, he in me discovering grace. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. And, uh, that's one of the main reasons why Greg and I wanted to have you on. Um, I, like I said, I listened to the podcast, uh, the first one that you did today. Um, and it was just, uh, you could tell that there is just such a sweet spirit of grace, there and that is where your heart is and where your focus is. Um, now, Greg, <clears throat> before we get too serious here, we've had another strike.
1: Can't believe it, man. Thank you, Dave Shive. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dave, for always revealing our show material. I know to the infamous Reverend James King, <gasps> Marcia, We just got to say, we've, we've got a commitment. It is an unflinching commitment that whoever calls into the show, because you can imagine we get many, many callers, but somehow only one ever makes it. I
2: think I know this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. um, (laughs) We call him a concerned Christian citizen who somehow got word that you were coming on tonight. So, uh, Nathan, you got that voicemail queued up. So, Marcy, with no further ado, we're going to let you in on um, the Reverend James... Oh, friends, it's the Reverend James King of the James King King James uh, Bible Believing Teaching Preaching Ministry. So I'm going to get right to it, friends. The Almighty is hopping mad tonight. If you think you might hear thunder. Don't you dare look at the Weather Channel. You just look at the Word of God, which will tell you it is no doubt angels stomping their feet in protest at this vile anti-God (laughs) castle. Now, I have said many times that these two useless sacks of flesh couldn't sink any lower than they already have, but they are showing me, friends, levels of underground realms of hell I never even knew existed. (laughs) Right, tonight they have on a special guest again, and even though every special guest they've ever had on this vile show was a Satan-worshipping all-millennial nincompoop, they had, at least, friends, at least one important thing in common. They were all men. That's right, men. They're weak, pansy, henpecked men, no doubt, but, but still men. Oh, what the King James Authorized Bible would describe as those who it against the wall <laughs> friends tonight they bring a new no such person they bring on are you, are you ready for this they bring on someone of the female variety what's called a woman H- have you ever heard of anything more ridiculous more absurd more unbiblical <laughs> and they don't have this woman on to talk about things for which she's qualified to speak on or uh, uh, casserole recipes uh, uh, flower arrangements uh, pillow fluffy. Uh, You no know, when she's on tonight to talk about I can't believe I'm saying it she's on tonight to talk about the Bible uh, can you believe that it, it, it's like having some uh, pinko comma European liberal on to talk about the history of this once great American nation uh, a woman on to talk about the Bible and, and specifically the grace of God Friends, make no mistake about it. What she calls grace is really nothing more than sentimental slap. (laughs) Friends, uh, I have it on good authority. This woman is on record as saying Christianity isn't about whether or not you see a PG-13 movie. Friends, I can assure you that it is. (laughs) At least it is, at the king james tabernacle in fact we once excommunicated a a whole uh, a sunday school class who we went to see that piece of dung that came right out of the devil's backside uh, uh, the avengers oh friends i can assure you the the deacons of the tabernacle were avenged when they met with those those parents and their teenagers oh it was a long meeting friends by the end those parents had vowed to triple their tithes for the next year and the teenagers were forced to spend the whole weekend in the Tabernacle Youth Room watching a 48-hour non-stop marathon of godly films. Uh, everything from uh, Facing the giants to Fireproof. Oh, you should have seen the downcast looks on those kids' faces by the end of that weekend. I could tell that we had beaten the comic book idolatry right out of their filthy little mind. So, friends, this, this woman, uh, her name is uh, supposedly... Marcy Preheim. Uh, friends, I can almost guarantee you that's not her husband's actual name. At some point, she made him change it to Pre, so she could infiltrate the church by making people think that she was pre-millennial. <laughs> I can guarantee you when the research team comes back with a report, friend, I bet that man's name was... Post time, <laughs> believing it's post-millennial nonsense and eating this post-toasties, listening to vile guitar music of the stinking devil. <laughs> anyway, friends, this woman has taken a role that uh, isn't hers. Teaching? Friends, God hasn't gifted women to do a man's job. <laughs> And that's why I want to speak to the women in the audience. And I see, I've given up on these uh, two losers, these <laughs> heretical uh, rejects that run this anti-God cast. And I'm certainly not addressing the guest who has sold her soul to Satan's hands. <laughs> but any ladies in the audience, I want to assure you that God has called you to a high and holy calling. He's, he's given you, ladies, an exalted place of service. Why? Our denim skirt-wearing godly women (laughs) of the King James Bible Tabernacle find their divinely appointed gifts beautifully fulfilled in the church nursery or kitchen. Uh, Even changing the soiled diapers of children from godly Bible-believing homes or wiping off spilled juice off the sacred countertops of the King James Bible Tabernacle kitchen. (laughs) Oh, ladies, don't reject such a high and holy calling, friends. (laughs) Don't listen to this woman. Burn this tape of this anti godcast cast. <laughs> the tape. <laughs> and you be sure to visit the King James Bible Tabernacle where you will hear the sweet love of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Uh, Marcy, we're, we're sorry you were subjected to that. <laughs> um, a, a question, Marcy. Uh, have you ever heard anything like that before?
2: Uh, I think that was my...
3: My doctor. <laughs> how did he find me? Yeah. How did he find me?
1: Well, he's told us before he has quite a crackerjack research team uh, that that goes after the guests on this podcast. So he uh, he tracked it down. Wow, Marcy! I mean, how about that? That must have really inspired you. Here, the the whole highly yeah. or the, what did you say? The whole the 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 I'm holy high, high calling. calling That's woman. right.
2: Of the church nursery
1: and the church kitchen. Um,
2: I mean, speaking of soiled diapers. Oh, my
1: goodness, Marcy. Thank you for hanging in with that. I'll just say. We've heard you, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. James King. Um, You're on the record. Thank you. Um, (laughs) We'll we'll try to move on from there.
0: Uh, You know what I find interesting? Greg, we always say we're sorry, but we're not sorry enough to not
1: play these. I know, I know. One of these days, Marcy, we might stop, but we It's like, you know, it, you know what it reminds me of? Like when you've got like a sore tooth, you're in agony, but you can't keep your tongue from like, you know, like you, playing around with that sore spot. Yeah. Yeah,
2: you can't look away from the the train wreck. No, yeah. no it's like you just
1: keep looking back. That's exactly mm. right. Oh my
2: goodness. I mean, lucky for me, I have a filter that, you know, when I hear that tone of voice and those words, like it goes into Charlie Brown's <laughs> Yes. <So>. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I bet you have cultivated that survival skill, Marcy. I think
2: yes. uh, having read your
1: excellent book, uh, Grace is Free, which we'll talk about in a bit, I, I bet you've learned that and a few other survival skills as well.
2: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah.
0: Uh, Marcy, we just liked for you to talk to us a little bit about um your conversion experience, how you came to Christ, and um just just that whole backstory of coming into um coming into radical grace
2: okay well, um I was raised in hardcore Fundyland hmm. um, not unlike what we've just heard <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's scary Wow
2: <laughs> so I mean uh for example uh women in the church could not work outside of the home mm-hmm. uh even if they had no children. Wow. Uh, they had men teach even like the three the three year old class. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that a woman would not accidentally teach a man who might come and drop his child off or who might be in there helping her. Wow. So mm-hmm. it was it was hardcore moralism yeah. slash legalism. And so as a teenager, you know, you're you're put under all of this law and you think there's something wrong with you that you can't keep it. And so, um, some people were able to fake it well enough to get through. And then there was me. Um, and I could not fake it and I could, and I gave up. I didn't, I didn't even want to try anymore. And so I rebelled, um, pretty hardcore, um, when I was a junior in high school So much that I became a threat to my parents who were both in leadership at the church. Um, Mm. So, you know, my mom rose to leadership as far as a woman could go in Mm. that you can rise to leadership as a woman if you speak for the men. So
3: Uh,
2: um, she um, so she was in leadership. My dad was an elder. And so um, people at church were starting to find out. And so I was a liability. And so right when I graduated from high school, I moved out at 18. I lived in town for a while. Um, I got, uh, involved with a local modeling agency. I'm 5'10". So that kind of works. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah. So I, I got discovered by a modeling agency in Los Angeles. And so at 19, I moved to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my parents helped me pack. They felt like they were turning me over to Satan for the destruction of my flesh. Yes. And, um, so I moved to, to, um, to Hollywood. And yeah, it's a totally different scene. You know, partying in a cornfield in Lincoln, Nebraska is one thing. Yeah. Um, partying in Hollywood is quite another. And mm. so, uh, my life did decline pretty rapidly and, um, I got myself into some scary situations and so I felt like, well, let me just go back to church. I need to meet some quality people, you know, and so I went back to church. I went to Grace Community Church. Mm-hmm. To- John MacArthur is the Pope of Fundyland. Yeah.
3: So.
1: <laughs> I thought I've seen that in his books before. That if you look closely, yes. Pontiff is after all the ThM PhD and all that stuff.
2: Yes, exactly. Right. So my parents, you can imagine, were thrilled. Um, I I went occasionally to meet quality people. Um, yes. Read hot guys. R- so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nathan and I call that all the time, so we can totally relate Marzia, to Yeah. yeah. Yep. The
2: hot guys, so we're not drug addicts. Yeah. So was, you know, that was kind of a key. Yeah. Mm. So um so I did meet um I did meet a a guy out there and we became good friends. And long story short, I mean, you can read the whole um thing in my in my book. But um I came to to know Christ through actually my friend's death. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's what the Lord used to break my heart and to reveal my hypocrisy to me and to just show me like, dude, you're like living this double life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's when I realized I don't need to clean myself up. I can't, I've tried. Um, I, I need, I need grace. I need a substitute. I need a savior. And so, I I got saved um at that time and I I grew a lot at at Grace Community and I listened to tapes. I couldn't get enough of mm-hmm. MacArthur's teaching and um I always say like I entered Grace Community Church as a publican and I left Grace Community Church as a Pharisee.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. So
2: um you know I think it's ironic that somebody like me um could become a Pharisee. <laughs> but but I did, and you know, I became so full of knowledge and so um, like how I was started teaching at a prison within a year of my conversion. and I mean, the Lord put me there. I didn't speak that out. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. It's like through teaching through teaching the word over the last fifteen years, you know, you don't understand everything at your conversion. You you grow in grace, yeah. and so I think everybody goes through maybe a legalistic phase in their life, but to grow in grace means to grow in your understanding of your need for a Savior and, and your depravity. If the Lord revealed your depravity to you all at once, who could survive?
1: Oh, well said, Marcy, yeah.
0: Um, we so. just, we want to let our listeners know out there that, you know, the, again, the, the one of the main reasons, there are actually um, two reasons. We're gonna to get to the second one, but one of the main reasons, um Marcy, that we wanted you on tonight was um because of there is such a strong emphasis on grace and we talked about that a little earlier in the podcast. Um and, and you know, please to our audience go and check out Fundyland. Um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, laughed all the way through it with you ladies over there. Um and so just um, the idea of people being um, choked out by rules and conformity, and you're just pushing so far against that, which we love over here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Marcy, tell us just about your journey, how you came out of that legalism and really started uh, focusing on that radical free grace that the Bible talks about. Well, um, you
2: know, as I said, I, I, I left that church, um, a Pharisee, and my husband and I moved to, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and we got involved in another fundamentalist church, like mm-hmm. fundamentalism. That's all I've no- ever known. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, because I was well versed in John MacArthur, um, theology, I mean, he taught me what to think about every verse in the sure. Bible. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, I quickly became a Bible teacher here, and mm-hmm. so, you know, but the thing about that is, is that when you're the Bible teacher, you know, you don't get to just sit back and enjoy the respect and the um, accolades that come along with that. You have to be prepared.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So um, it was such a gradual thing for me. Um, I, we taught, I taught through Acts, the book of Acts, and I saw Paul. You know, use his testimony. I used to be a murderer. This is who I really am. Like, mm-hmm. look, look at grace, you know, and, and here I am hiding my testimony. I was hiding who I used to be. And so I started using my testimony to, in my teaching, like starting to tell people this is who I was. Like, I'm ashamed of it, but you know, and then we went to second Corinthians and I began to understand it was the very, my, in my infancy of the difference between the ministry of the law and the ministry of the gospel, that the ministry of the law is the ministry of death, Mm -hmm. but we've all been using it as a helpful guide for life.
3: Yes, yes.
2: Uh, And there's something wrong with that picture because the the law is meant to push us to Christ when it turns out we can't keep it. But here we all are trying to keep it well enough. In fact, we're not even trying to keep it well enough. We're just trying to pretend like we're keeping it well enough right? Mm-hmm. to impress other people. And then there's Galatians Yeah, and Galatians wrecked me. I mean, along with some life circumstances that happened along the way, mm-hmm. you know, um, things don't go the way you think you deserve for them to go. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Galatians three, three, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Mm -hmm. And I started asking questions. I started asking these things, and I started presenting them to the women of our church, and I studied John 15. Abide in me, and if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. There's no added conditions. Mm -hmm. And so I started presenting these truths to the women of my church, and like on the one hand, there was all these women who were like, this is exciting. This is free. This is, a- I want more. Give me more. And then on the other hand, there was women who were pulling me into rooms and saying, Marcy, you cannot teach this. People are going to go crazy. Wow. You cannot, you know, and so it was like these two groups of people and I was in the middle and, um, Literally all hell broke loose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I taught the the stuff from from my book, Grace is Free, before it was a book. Mm -hmm. I taught it as a a summer Bible study. And basically all hell broke loose. Mm. (laughs) And that's when I knew. And that's when I knew because I'm I'm studying Galatians. And then I look up and I see it's happening in real life too. Wow.
1: Wow. Uh, Again, uh, for those uh, that are just listening in, not just for women. We, we might highlight that mm-hmm. because I think Marcy has a, a clear and tremendous heart for women that are in the performance rat trap. Uh, that is very clear in her uh, outstanding book, Grace is Free. It's very clear on her podcast that mm-hmm. she does uh, with uh, Sarah Terrace as well, Fundy Lancy's Red. Again, there's two episodes that are there. Please listen to them. But I, um, I I'm curious – uh, when this started to you know break loose, you just said all, all hell was breaking loose. Were you um were you being told by any leaders in the church if, if you can talk about that, Marcy, like hey you you're you're causing uh, disunity, a lot of the uh terms that come when you're 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 teaching these things that are causing this reaction are you're divisive or you're you're seeking so seeds of dissension. Were you, were you accused of any of that?
2: Well yes. But it's interesting because, uh, you know, in Fundyland, the women do their own thing and the men do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of never cross paths. Right. It's not really, you know, I don't know. just nobody like whoever, like the newest elder draws the short straw and he has to deal with the women. <laughs> like that's his, like... <laughs> <laughs> that's like his initiation into ministry. Marcy, that's great. <laughs>
1: it's like, hey, we need to get a new elder on. <laughs> uh, women are starting to, to rear their heads. And, uh, oh, that's great, Marcy. Go on. That's good.
2: But ironically, um, my pastor, Byron, who's one of my, my best friends, uh, he also was discovering these things and, um, and so he he actually collaborated with me on the book, and mm. he wrote the he wrote the forward to my book um I think uh a lot of people went to him to complain about me okay. um in fact people even people even call him out on my blog to complain about me. I'm like, it's my blog dude like
3: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, talk to me talk to me." Yeah. yeah so I I know that he took a lot of heat but he he was also really pressing into grace as well and so he was taking a lot of heat for his own preaching and um it just so happened that we both were discovering these things around the same time and it's like hey you know like we should probably be friends you know wow wow so um so, yeah, we, we both have taken um, a tremendous amount of heat. Our, our church has completely split in half. Yeah. We lost half of our elders. So, um, yeah, we're on the other side of that for now and just enjoying grace.
1: <laughs> wow. So, so good. I, I want to uh, read a quick, ep- uh, a quick excerpt uh, for our listeners, Marcy, from the forward. And, and you're talking, I could say, about... Byron, Byron Yon, is that right? Is that how I'm pronouncing yes. um, it? Yes. Who writes the, uh, the forward to your book and uh, love what he says here is just one paragraph. He says, in this and many other similar ways, we have robbed women within the church of the sincere joy of Christian womanhood. We've kept them back from grace and true freedom. My wife would tear up if she, uh, if she was here. Godliness comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ and a transformed heart, not a list. To be clear, grace does not aim to liberate us from our responsibilities to excuse neglect or to deny God's design, but it does aim to liberate us from our tendency to measure ourselves by our performance in fulfilling the duties we are called to do. Our righteousness is outside of us in Christ, not in our relative ability to keep a clean house. It is this latter awareness that liberates us to undertake our duty with complete joy and freedom. I mean, just reading the foreword of this, I was like, You know, Nathan, I'm like, dude, I'm going to love this book. Um, I want to say, I got to give a quick personal shout out, Marcy. I was telling you before we went on air tonight, uh, Jill Dempsey, who is a Mm -hmm. reserved lady and a very, very dear friend. She's one of our dearest friends. um, Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, she is the administrative coordinator here. She was telling me about your book a couple of years ago and saying, oh, my word, Greg, oh, my word, oh, my word. And this is Mm -hmm. a mature, bright a theologically rock solid woman who um, it's not really my job to tell her story, but I know she would not mind me saying her heart was just leaping with every page. And then she said, cruciform has picked it up, Greg, cause they had done one of one mm-hmm. of my books, you know? And um I said, Oh, how, how cool. Grace is free. So uh, we actually got it on our bookcase at one point and Jill's really promoted it among the women. Um, and just to let you know, Marcy, I'm going to be promoting it among the men too. Cause I, I while definitely you have a heart for women and that comes out clearly mm. on your podcast with Sarah Fundyland sees red it, it's obvious to me you, you it's not like uh you're 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 going to turn away a guy that says man I feel trapped in the performance game um <laughs> oh I'm sorry I only speak to women <laughs> um so I just want to yeah. say it is it is sometimes women's books get pigeonholed into this hey this is only for mm. women and I would you know, I've loved it, so I just wanted to say that.
2: Yeah, I've had men like pull me aside secretly, like looking around to make sure nobody's looking and just saying, Hey, thanks for your book. Like I've read it. Right. And right. I it helps me understand women.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. It I'm does. like, why are we whispering? Right. <laughs> why are
2: we
1: whispering? <laughs> well, um a- absolutely Marcy. I mean it's um it, it is a really, really good book. Were you going to ask something, Nathan? Because I got a question unless you want to... No, go ahead. Um, uh, if you want to pursue it. Um, we had uh, Elise Fitzpatrick on a few months ago, Marcy. I don't know if you've read any of her stuff.
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: before, and um, it was because Idols of the Heart, which is one of her, I guess, signature works, mm-hmm. um, was being re-released by PNR, like a 15-year anniversary yeah. edition, I think. Yep. So... Um, we just asked her. It was sort of a spontaneous question. We we're like, hey, a lot of new editions have maybe a new forward, right, a, a new typeset font, uh, you know, <laughs> sort of like college textbooks, you know, that um, can be a bit of a racket. We, we knew that wouldn't be the case uh, with a woman of her caliber, and we just asked her um, at least what's different in the book. I'm sure it has the same fundamental message, and she didn't miss a beat. She said, um, there's a lot more grace in it. Mm-hmm. Which really grabbed our interest. So at the very end of that podcast, it wasn't planned. We, had a, we spontaneously riffed for 10 or 15 minutes about women. Uh, and it was so clear that Elisa's heart for women, very similar to yours, caught up in the uh, keeping up with the Joneses, conforming to what the good Christians do in the church, um, was very much uh, on, on her heart. So, um, just to get your perspective, you do it a lot in the book. Could you talk to us a little bit, and particularly our listeners, how you've seen women hurt, crushed, at times maybe even spiritually paralyzed, uh, by Fundyland and its rules?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, in Fundyland, everything gets codified.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's, it's, um, people are eager. To obey God and to please God, and so um, that easily turns into a checklist because the, you know the human heart—it just craves law. It wants steps so that so that we can measure how we're doing. Yeah. And not only so we can measure how we're doing, but we can look at the next person and, and compare ourselves and see if we're doing better than them. Yeah. Which is so funny that it becomes all about housework and, and organic cooking and you know, how good of a mother you are, we end up battering each other because we're putting each other under all of this, these expectations, things that God doesn't even require. I always think about Jesus and and Mary and Martha, and, like, how clear is that? Martha, Um, you are worried and upset about many things that don't matter. But Mary has chosen us better. And so how do we get to don't show up to Bible study unless your house is clean from there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, where it, your priorities are, you know, guilt and shame and inadequacy and which one of us doesn't feel like an inadequate mother. Um, and then to have somebody shame you for, you know, the brand of bottle you're using or <laughs> that your child, you know, your child isn't potty trained and they're, four years old, you know, like, <laughs> yes, yes. um, I've never met a kindergartner. That's not potty trained. Right. You know, so <laughs> this is how I think, um, and this is what I'm passionate about. And this is one of the things that Sarah and I are, are trying to expose on our podcast is, is that gender roles have taken center stage, um, in evangelicalism. Gender roles have taken over, They've replaced the gospel, mm-hmm. in fact, um, and and our churches have lost their first love because I think we as women, and I, I can't always speak for the men, but I, I'm beginning to understand that they suffer from the same thing, but we as women, we want guarantees.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We want to know that if we do X, we will receive Y. Yeah. So if we feed our children organic food, then they will never be sick. Yeah. If we submit to our husbands perfectly, then our marriage will be happy and our husband will worship the ground we walk on. Mm-hmm. If we if we have clean houses, we will have the approval of our friends. Um and and on and on it goes. And so we end up earning our Christian life. Yeah. Instead of resting in Christ's righteousness, we have created our own righteousness. Yeah. And what it's done is it's it's codified, it's put us all under a crushing law that we can't do and then it's removed the love from our relationships. Yeah. The mm. very thing Christians are supposed to be known for.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: Marcy, I had a question for you. Um, as i um uh, hearing you um, speak about all these things, what was the process for you and your husband with these things? Were you were you both pretty much on the same page mm, from question. the get go, or was there a point where you were kind of experiencing these things first, or was he experiencing these first these things first? Can you can you kind of speak to that a little bit and how how that dynamic worked with your marriage? Sure. Yeah. No, we did not
2: come to this at the same time we we met and married in sundyland mm. so um so we we both you know had the understanding that he was the leader of our home and i was the submissive one and you know we we set about to change our personalities to fit that role to fit that that mode mm. but unfortunately and not unfortunately but um i i'm a natural leader I have the same, like I took that personality test. I have the same personality as Napoleon Bonaparte.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now Bonaparte or dynamite? Cause they can be very
2: different Bonaparte. personas. Bonaparte, I gotcha. Know, okay. I'm going to go ahead and choose Bonaparte. Yeah. <laughs> <Napoleon> dynamite, <laughs>
3: That's
2: good. Good. So, you know, so, and, you know, what does a, what does a leader usually attract in a mate? uh behind the scenes, a quiet servant. Sure. My husband has the gift my husband has the gift of mercy. Yeah. And so we spent the better part of our life in Fundyland suppressing our gifts because they're not female or male. They don't right. fit right. right into Fundyland. And so everybody's always trying to get my husband to teach. Yep. My husband would rather have a root canal than stand in front of a room and, you know, speak in front of people. Yeah, So, you know, I I was in the Word day and night, day and night, day and night, you know, um, because I wanted to be. Not because I was guilted into it, but mm-hmm. because I was the teacher and I have a passion for it. And as the Lord was changing me, I, I was finding that I was unable to suppress my gifts. Mm. And that caused a little bit of a problem in our relationship because he's supposed to be the leader and he felt inadequate to lead me. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And so what does that send him into? But it sends him into trying to fake it, trying to, trying to act or be somebody that he's not. And, um, but he's like a magnet for broken people. Mm He, you know, he's, um, he's very compassionate. You know, he's always got a stream of broken people who, just want a piece of his time mm. and, um, you know, just through conversations and struggles and wrestling matches. And, you know, he resented sometimes that I went to the hope center cause his underwear wasn't folded. And isn't uh. that my priority? <laughs> you know, like, Yeah. so, um, should my priority be that, but through that wrestling match, we have come to a place where we just have thrown out the term leader and follower mm-hmm. or um submission, and you know because it's we we mutually submit to one another, we've just thrown all of that out and we're free to be friends and mm-hmm. lovers and um enjoy each other's company and appreciate why we married each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: you know, like we married each other because we were attracted to things in the other person that we did not possess. And so, um, I think a lot of the people who, who preach, you know, that mode in, in Fundyland, well, guess who's preaching it? Mm-hmm. Pastors mm-hmm. who are upfront and vocal people and that's their gift is to be a strong leader. And then of course they're going to be attracted to a spouse who's quiet and behind the scenes and female, you know, and those, those gifts fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't see that in scripture. I don't see that I'm supposed to suppress my gifts
1: mm-hmm. because I'm a girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, very, very well said, Marcy. And you, you just gave me a great um, natural transition to something I wanted to ask you. Um, this might, this might be the first time we reach even what I would consider a very mild. Uh, I don't even know if it's a disagreement or a semantical thing, but let's let's talk about it a little bit. Having yeah. listened to. Um, the two episodes that you guys have done on Fundyland Sees Red. Uh, This is my sense, and and you track with me and tell me if you think I'm on it or not. My sense is that you and Sarah have both, probably through different, you know, customized experiences, but a shared conviction, come to the place where complementarianism, uh, this is my sense that you view it as maybe part and parcel of fundamentalism, um and just to tell you uh, you know Nathan and I've talked about this openly before Nathan and I are on opposite uh ends mm. of that spectrum a bit we did one podcast back what Nathan in January right yeah uh, but we were just so polite to each other it probably wasn't fun i i was going to say
0: i'm still lamenting the fact that neither of us were really truly prepared
1: i, I know we need to go back man <laughs> we we need to deprive ourselves of sleep the night before yeah drive through Baltimore rush hour traffic and get here just totally ticked off at each other.
2: <laughs> and that'll be a much
1: sexier kind of debate. Um, so Nathan and I talk about that all the time, obviously, and we we are um, are, are very much at peace uh, within our friendship. Uh, Nathan's a, a member of our church as well, which is complementarian. Um, and so I consider myself, i uh, been a believer for 30 years, a grace-addicted, recovering Pharisee. You know, I, that's that's how I, I try to think of myself. Um, and that's where I sense the resonance with you, uh, with Sarah, with, with the things you ladies are talking about, the things you've written in your book. Um, now, I would say, and I'm still a complementarian. You know, I, I still do see legitimate distinctions. I go. I would have been better if you're the Yeah, it's uh, uh Marcy, Marcy. Um, so, I'm just throwing that out to you and just just riff on that a little bit with what I observed am I do you think I'm right? Do you view it as a difference in emphasis, perspective? Just feel free to tell me what
2: you think. Okay. Well, I don't want to comment for Sarah because we, you know, as as similar as we are, we both do have our own thoughts and opinions about that, so sure. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to speak for her, but I will speak for myself. Um, it's not that I'm 100% against complementarianism. Mm-hmm. I mean, my... I would say the majority of the people at my church are okay. Or comp- Um Okay. I don't really even like to label myself as an egalitarian because, you know, I just don't like labels that... I don't, you know, I, I would have to accept a whole body of beliefs, you know, to consider myself under any label. Sure, you know, sure. Um, but for me, and and the way I view it, it's it's like another man made law that quote unquote helps us obey God. And mm-hmm. let me explain that. Men are called over and over in Scripture to love their wives. Mm-hmm. Women are called to respect their husbands to sit. Submit to their husbands, but it never says men lead your wives. Mm -hmm. We draw that conclusion from the submission passage: Mm -hmm. women submit to your wives, submit to your husbands, and so we—that's a conclusion that we draw since women are supposed to submit, men are supposed to lead, Mm -hmm. and and we always ignore the the passage in Ephesians right before that that says submit to each other out of mutual love for, for Christ. So let's assume that's true. Let's assume that, that men are to lead their wives. Well, then we go ahead in Fundyland and, I mean, everywhere else, uh, we go ahead and redefine leadership as, you know, control. Mm-hmm. Basically, um what I say goes, I'm the leader. I, we, we translate it to be authority, right? Mm-hmm. And so we say, okay, husbands need to have authority over their wives. Well, what does Jesus say about authority? Mm-hmm. In Matthew twenty twenty five, he says it also in Mark, and in Luke, he says the pagans or the Gentiles lord their authority over one another. But that is not that is not what you are to be. Mm-hmm. Authority or leadership in Jesus' economy— Looks like washing feet. Mm-hmm. Looks like service. So leaders are servants and servants are servants. And now we've thrown out all the codes and we're mutually serving one another. Mm-hmm. And how often does it, does it come to a place where you're just, um, Fighting, fighting over something, and the husband says, "Well, I'm the man, so what do I say? Go." You know, mm-hmm. I mean, is it not better to both of you have a respect for one another? I mean, I think there's this understanding in Sunday or this thought in Sunday Land that women don't need respect.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we're we're grown ups. We have brains. Yeah, we have good. I- we have good insights on things. Sure. Um, and so how much better to to. Handle your marriage. And so, since we've thrown those kinds of things out of our marriage, those, just those terms, even, um, we're just friends and lovers. Mm
3: hmm. hmm.
1: No, that, thank you, Sarah. That, I, I think you expressed that well. And I, Marcy. I was, I'm sorry, I said Sarah, Marcy. Uh, but, um, like,
3: you got Sarah on the other
0: line?
1: Yeah. <laughs> She's eavesdropping, making sure that you're, uh, you're good. I am, um, well, I was gonna say something, but Nathan I, I can tell you wanna jump in.
0: Yeah, I so I, I had a question because um when when Greg and I talked about this, you know, we we discussed um the basis of, of gender roles um and, and and more importantly in today's society because um people are trying to say that, you know, oh men and women, you know, those are just labels, it doesn't matter. But there are things and and I would even dare say there are things other than physical things that that and and this is from me considering myself an egalitarian um mm-hmm. that that differentiate men from women, and right. so I think to a certain extent and and, and so i just i i would i would like you to be more clear if you could please what what would be some of those things that that you would put out there that that would you know, kind of define men and women as different from one another, other than the obvious physical things mm-hmm. that are there. Um, j- just for clarification, because we are living in a culture and society that just wants to throw everything out the window and just say, oh, none of that matters. There aren't any differences. Um, because I know the way that I treat my male friends and the way that I can joke with them and the way that I can be with them is very different than than the way that I would do things with my female friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Just... Just purely out of a natural sense, not even out of a, you know, this is because you know this is what you've been taught. This this is just I've noticed that my female friends tend to be more sensitive towards things, and so me joking about war and bombs and killing and things like that doesn't tend to go over as well with my female friends like it would with my male friends. Um, So, so could you speak to uh, some of those things a little bit?
2: Yeah, our our men's ministry like. Killed a pig. I was just like, why? Like, who wants to watch that? Like, who, you know.
1: (laughs) I mean, were they doing like a Lord of the Flies uh, reenactment, Marcy, or were they... uh, Wow. Yeah, that's... (laughs) kill the pig. Yeah. Sharpen a stick on both ends, yeah.
2: All right. Well, let me talk about that just for a second. Um, And this is just off the top of my head. Sure. As a woman, like, as a single woman, I'm just... I'm just out there like any man any man can, you know, sexually harass me in the workplace, you know, um I'm just out there unprotected, you know, and I know egalitarians hate that term, mm-hmm. like we're we're women, we, we don't need protection, blah blah blah. But when I got married and I took on my husband's name, mm-hmm. even just his name was a protection of me. Mm -hmm. Um, Other men were respectful, more respectful to me because of the respect they had for another man. Mm -hmm. Um, This is another man's wife. And so I won't speak inappropriately to her because she's not fair game. You see what I'm saying? Sure. In that regard, that's a nice protection to have. Um, but it doesn't mean that other men now can't be my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just, but it's, I don't know, men have other, have respect for other men, but they don't understand that women, um, women want as individuals, as people, as their own identity separate from a husband. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard for, I think it's hard for men in the 21st century to view women as not objects.
3: Yeah,
2: um, even in marriage, and I think Fundyland um, increases that in the codification. Even to, shall I go and talk about sex? Sure, um,
1: R- rock and roll, Marcy. <laughs> I
2: mean, you know, I told you I was going to say something inappropriate. But, um,
0: <laughs> if that's as inappropriate as you get, we're still doing real
1: good yeah, here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, we don't yeah. know what she's going to say. That's right.
2: Yeah, you don't know yeah. yet. <laughs> you don't know yet. But okay, if you think about like in, in Fundyland, sex is required, mm-hmm. which makes it a duty, right? Mm-hmm. Which kind of for a woman takes the joy out of it. Yes,
1: it's you're right. I've heard it's what a a Christian woman does, whether she feels like it or not, because this is what a good Christian wife does. Uh, right. That, that's what you're honing in on, Marcy. I mean, yeah, I've heard that. We've all heard those sermons for mm-hmm. for some time, sure.
2: Right. But what is sex supposed to be?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's supposed to be an expression of the love of the marriage, not a blow-up doll for a man's lust. Yeah. And so, so I think Fundyland has actually, and I think we're seeing this play out, um, Fundyland has actually increased uh, the problem of male lust by, by objectifying women in their marriages as an object of lust. Rather than an equal party to an expression of love.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So you know the difference between men and women. uh, How do we pursue one another? Well, that's different. Mm -hmm. You know, a man woos his wife and encourages her and talks nice to her, and you know, I mean, without an agenda. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's living honest, and this is the mantra that's going on in our house right now. It's like we have we we have. You know, 40 years of Fundyland in our brain. Mm-hmm. And so half the time we don't even know how to be honest because we're so blinded by what we should be feeling and should be doing mm-hmm. that we don't know how to express what we really are feeling or what we really are doing. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's the heart of it. Um, male or female, it's, it's being honest about your sin confessing your sin to one another. Um, being honest about hey, I don't get away from me. Don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, there is yeah, so I, much I want to say right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
2: mean, and I think Fundyland has taught men like it's okay to be a jerk and your wife still has to, you know, put it on out there. Yeah. So it's everything is codified in Sunday land. And so we're all unlearning this stuff together. And it's like, I've had so many men tell me like they're afraid for their wives to be set free because they're afraid if they can't motivate her by guilt, she won't cook and clean and she definitely won't have sex.
1: Right. Right.
2: And so, and I'm like, dude, you have no idea. Like the joyful, Thing
1: that awaits you if your wife gets set free yeah yeah wow marcy so well said i, I can say and make this even a little easier on you i was going to say this earlier to, to to tie this in a little bit to here i am i'm, I'm a by the grace of god a grace addicted complimentarian pastor you know to to use labels and i'm with you on the labels labels never fully capture every nuance um about your unique you know persona and and what you want to represent but just for the sake of convenience and shorthand i'll have a guy in my office or a couple in my office and you know Marcy, i've been a pastor now for 20 years and i'd love to tell you this is just an occasional incident it's it's happened enough that i don't remember how many people i've had this conversation with which tells me it's too much where everybody comes at it from a different angle the stories are all different They're unique to their situation. What they share in common is this. Uh, I've had a – the dude basically at some point, I can tell, wants me to be the referee to declare to the wife who's not quite buying into her, you know, submission that she has to submit. And what it is is he wants something to happen in the bedroom that hasn't happened And I've right. learned, Marcy, to be blunter and more direct because uh, there's a lot of fear, you know, because you, with this overemphasis on masculinity, which I think I share with you in evangelicalism, that, you know, Driscoll, Darren Patrick, those guys uh, pushed so, so hard. There is yeah. great pressure on me as a, as a man to want to be another dude in the brotherhood and yeah. do it, and I've learned to to be able to say. All I have to think of for me, this is where complementarianism can still work. Uh, but I do understand what you're saying. To me, I think the character of Jesus mitigates against all the abuses. Of course, if properly applied, and I've I've been by the grace of God blunter with guys and called them out and said, "You know what? You are a jerk because <laughs> you want your wife to do something." that she's uncomfortable with. And you're asking me to tell her she has to do it. And yeah. I'll say, you tell me how in any, any sense this captures the heart of Jesus and, and how he treats us and how he, he ministers to us and gave his life for us. And, you know, um, even if, and I've had a few instances where a guy's left the church because, you know, I'm just a weenie and, a uh, closet egalitarian and it I can say just for anybody listening uh to to compliment Marthy's. Or, <laughs> I can't get your name right Marcy <laughs> Marthy, Sarah Mar- 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 Marcy's <laughs> perspective um I can say I've seen it on this side where I've seen men do it and it's I, I, you almost can't believe it's happening like this guy wants me to tell his wife to do this thing and that's the only well, reason that they're
2: here <laughs> and crazy. it's so I mean I think that's one one thing it's so much easier to codify the woman's role yes because it looks like food it looks like sex it looks like a clean house it looks like child rearing yes but how do you codify men love your wives, right I mean because they they will just translate that what in whatever way is convenient well I provide yeah. well you know whatever, um, whatever the man's work that they have in their mind is, um, they can, you can't, how do you codify love? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So submission is easy to codify. And I think that's, that's what, you know, I mean, you're basically, that's, that's the Muslim culture then. Right. You know?
1: Right. Excellent point. Very, very similar. Yeah.
0: Um, we just uh want to once again um say we're talking to Marcy Preheim uh Grace is Free one woman's journey from fundamentalism to failure to faith um put out by um and this is where you know we do fun crazy live podcasting Greg because i couldn't even Cruciform. remember Cruciform press um <laughs> that, that that's Greg's that's Greg's deal right there is right. the uh, the publishing companies
1: Oh man, yeah, I'm an expert <laughs> cuz you know I mean, between me, my mother, my mother-in-law. I mean, I've sold like six books, man. So I, I am there um i think i bought
0: one once i think
1: you did yeah
0: it might be at goodwill now yeah. but i did buy it once. yeah t- no when
1: i was at your house dude it, it was propping up your loose coffee table very efficiently
2: i read you- hey i read your whole book today
1: oh that- wow marcy that's cool that- it's so weird yeah because we were texting each other back and forth and i and i i finished yours today so um how cool is that how cool is that i um super cool yeah, and at the end of our time, Cruciform, uh, they very kindly are going to give away some books. We're going to we're going to promote that a bit. Yeah,
0: we're going we're actually going to wrap up soon. Um, this has been so great talking to you, Marcy. Time has just um, flown by here, um, but we also we want to point our listeners to uh, your podcast Fundyland. Um,
1: Fundyland sees red. Fundyland
0: sees red. Yep. You can find it on iTunes. Subscribe. Um, uh, like I said, I, I finished listening to the first one today. It was great. Um, just like sitting down and laughing along with you guys over there um, while you were doing that. So it was uh, so so great to uh, to listen to that. But one one more question for you um, before before we sign off here. Um, for any um, woman or man out there, even. Um, listening tonight, who um, has been crushed by these these rules, these, unex- uh, these unrealistic expectations that has been placed on them by Fundyland? What what would you just one one thing that you would like to say to those people tonight?
2: Uh, I think I think Romans three twenty one through twenty four, mm. but now. A righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Mm. and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Mm. I would say grace is free. rest.
0: So good. Thank you so much for joining us
1: Amen. tonight.
0: Amen. It has been so great having you on.
2: Um, I had a great time.
0: Well, thank you so much, Greg. Just
1: a, a real quick thing. I want, I always like to do this now when we have authors on. This is really short, but I want to give um, listeners a taste because really, we really want you to order the book Grace is Free because mm-hmm. we'd love to give it away to all of our listeners, but we can only do a few uh, to uh, promote some interest. But. Just, um, Marcy, again, not trying to butter you up, but I love your main points that you make in the book. I love all your points. But Marcy has a a real gift as a writer. She really, really does. She can capture things in a very incidental way. And this is just one that stood out to me. It wasn't even a main point. I just love the way she put this. She, She wrote, Sometimes we view evangelism in a rather unloving way. We have adopted the idea that if Christians can talk louder and be more obnoxious than the culture, people will listen and repent. Maybe we can force them to see things our way. My definition of a good evangelist used to be someone who was brave enough to corner some unsuspecting non-Christian until she mumbled something resembling a sinner's prayer. Mm. Uh, I love that, Mars. I read that and thought, yep. I- <laughs> That's how I muted it for the longest Been time. Done that. done <laughs> that. This is what a true evangelist is. And that wasn't even a main point you were making in that chapter. I just wanted to give our listeners a sense that this book will I- – I really believe it's going to speak to a lot of people, mm-hmm. not just women. It's a short read; you can you can knock it out in a day, or take your time with it, um, and you know read a little bit each day. And either way, um, I couldn't more highly recommend the book.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you bad. Thank you, Marcy.
0: We're going to go ahead and uh, sign off now, Greg. Marcy, we just rocked the Caspa,
1: Grace style.
0: <laughs> uh, once again, you just finished listening to Marcy Preheim. Um, publisher is Cruciform Press. Um, she wrote the book, Grace is Free, One Woman's Journey from Fundamentalism to Failure to Faith. Um, excellent book. We highly recommend that you um, pick up a copy of it, check it out. Um, but for uh, three of you lucky ones, uh, we do have a uh, contest for you. Um, so, Greg, why don't you go ahead and take it away?
1: Absolutely. And uh, let me insert real quickly, Nathan, yeah. our sponsor as well. Yes because I'll ch- watch how I brilliantly tile this together. <laughs> just as Cruciform has sponsored this giveaway, uh, which I don't know if they formally have, but I'm going to say that they have. Uh, Mission Aware, uh, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, has been sponsoring our podcast, which mm-hmm. is just awesome. Mission Aware. I mean, if you are looking, honestly, for a Mother's Day, a Father's Day gift, yeah. the coolest place, particularly for your friends and probably your cool, hip-and-happening, reformed friends. yeah. Uh, just saw the mug. Um, which which I'm getting the um, uh, start your uh, your day with a surge with spurge cool coffee <laughs> mug with spurgeon on it. Nice. I mean, dude, what a gift, man! Mothers or fathers, uh, the t-shirts are great. The sayings are great. Some of their um, you know kind of journals that have the five solas on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I used to journal like a thousand times and then would lose the journals mm-hmm. and then would only like write you know, one page and have to get a new <laughs> one to start. But for those of you that are disciplined and do journal or like it or think that your significant other would, just great gifts. Uh just wanna say, uh use our promo code, mm-hmm. um which is um these go to eleven. Right? One one. Um I'll make sure that's the promo code by the time this goes out tomorrow.
0: <laughs> we'll put it up on Twitter and Facebook again. Yeah. So,
1: but either way, I can say I'm quite certain these go to one one, uh, and you get eleven percent off. That's right. I wrongly Nathan last week said ten percent. Yes. But when you need to go one louder, that's right. These go to eleven. That's right. So Mission Aware, just check it out some t- uh, you know sometime uh, MissionAware Great great products. Uh, really fun to just kind of browse around. And uh, if you're looking for something for Mother's Day, Father's Day, or just anything, graduation, grab it. um, You can get that discount, and uh, it'll be great. So similarly, (laughs) um, this book by Cruciform, Grace is Free, written by Marcy Preheim, uh, we're going to do just what we did at the start of our show. Uh, We had seven new iTunes reviews. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Uh, We're not going to ask any questions. Uh, I've looked into this a little bit. Some people have multiple accounts. Sometimes uh, the wife has a uh, uh, has a different uh, Apple uh, account or mm-hmm. iTunes account. You guys, if you're comfortable, you can use that one. It doesn't matter. Um, the more reviews we get, good or bad, uh, raises the awareness of this podcast mm-hmm. in the wider podcasting community. So that's why we asked for it, just yep. to broaden the audience, to connect to some more people, uh, and do this cool experiment that we're doing. So um, we will do just like we did last week. Uh, if we get... Two people that write reviews, you're guaranteed to get one. If we mm-hmm. get three, you're guaranteed. If we get four, you got a 75% chance that you'll get it. <laughs> uh, if we get 10, it's a little less. But just go to iTunes. Um, look us up under their podcast search. These go to 11. Find us. You'll see the opp- uh, the uh, the opportunity to write a review. And you can just plug it in there. Like I said, it normally takes about 24 hours to appear yeah. Yep. And uh, then, Nathan, you handle the email stuff that I always screw up.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, once you, once you go in there and you plug in your review and you get all that done, um, shoot us an email back. Yeah. These go to 11, all spelled out. These go to 11, all spelled out. Then the number one 15, five 15, at gmail.com. These go to 1115 at gmail.com. Some of you might be wondering what the heck the 15 is for. Well, we couldn't just use these go to 11. We tried all sorts of variations on it. And so the 15 is actually the year we started this podcast. Founding
1: year. That's right.
0: um, So that's, that's why we have it there. Um, so these go to 11, then the number 15 at gmail.com. That's, um, how you're going to let us know that you wrote a review. Uh, that's also where you're going to send your, uh, mailing information to us so that we can, we can mail this to you, uh, if you're chosen as the winner. And like Greg said, if we only have three of you, we're sending out three books. All three of you will get the book. If we have four, we'll do our random generator again and, um, keep going from there. Um, Greg and I have a personal goal. We want to see a hundred iTunes reviews by the end of the year. Yeah, um, we think that's very possible. We think that's very doable. And again, this is so that people can look us up and find us faster. Yeah. So as they're doing uh, searches for these, go to eleven. As they're doing searches for Christianity, as they're doing ser- searches for religion, the higher review or the more reviews, not necessarily the higher reviews, mm-hmm. we'll take any reviews. Yeah. If if you can't stand us, write it let let you know we're we're all about controversy on this podcast absolutely um but the more reviews we we have um on this podcast the easier it is for people to find us and that's why we want those reviews so absolutely. we are going to be making a major push from now until the end of the year now we will be asking them for them as well after the end of the year but our major focus and major push between now and the end of the year is going to be those itunes reviews
1: they help a lot sure do and uh, if you haven't don't, if it even inspires you to create an account you don't even have to have a uh, an iPhone to get one you just yep. basically go to iTunes uh, it'll help you create one there it's free um, and it just allows a wider audience to learn of us and uh, you know the reviews help a little bit more some people just rate mm-hmm. I think we have like 62 ratings 54 55 of which mm-hmm. are reviews yeah you know the ratings are good too uh, yep. but if you can even write a few words hey this is why I like it or this is my question about it. This is where I learned about it. Put it out there and it helps. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So uh, I, think we're, uh, I think we're done. We're going to go ahead and sign off for this week. We'll, uh, again, we'll, we'll announce those winners next week um, for the uh, reviews and the book. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. That's a wrap.
1: We'll see you, everybody. These go to
0: 11.